This show contains four-letter words and adult situations. But what did you expect? It's called Now That I'm Older. He was a guy who was a former Marine um, who had been kicked, um, out of the kicked out of the Marines. We're not going to get into why he was kicked out of the Marines. He shot was... a rocket launcher at people. Okay, never mind. <laughs> We're going to totally go into it. Kenny had worked at Burger King for, I was about to say, what was it, like long 12 enough, hours? Long enough to get a uniform so my parents thought I had a summer job. Because I wasn't selling cocaine. At this time. Ever. I, was, I like cocaine way too much to give it away, even they have money or not. Sorry about my shit intro. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Now That I'm Older with Shane Smith and Ken Baldwin. A.K.A. KB Paperstacks, A.K.A. Baldwin Escobar, A.K.A. Danger Zone, A.K.A. Vanilla Thriller, and A.K.A. MC Killer B. No one calls you any of that. Okay, so I've done some things in my life that could be considered criminal. There was the time that me and my friends had a scavenger hunt, and we spent the entire night trying to capture the most badass contraband we could. Street signs, road cones, the only rules were there were no rules. My team ended up stealing a banner from a bowling alley with two sheriff's deputies posted outside on a Friday night on a crowded major highway, while Kenny's bitch-ass team stole a concession stand sign from our high school in a dimly lit parking lot, and I am still pissed we weren't declared the winners. There was the time that I was busted LARPing with a bunch of my friends behind an elementary school. And if you don't know what LARPing is, it's basically Dungeons and Dragons come to life when you take foam swords and you fight each other out in the real world and pretend you're in a fantasy world, and it's just as badass as you would imagine it is. And the cops do their usual cop skepticism as they're looking at us and our foam swords and the cardboard shields, and some of my friends went way out on this shit, but after we explained it all to them, they decided we were way too nerdy to arrest and just sent us on our fucking way. Now, there were, of course, the times that I tagged along on cart bashing trips with Kenny and our friend Adam, and we caused lots and lots of property damage, but we rationalized that it was corporate property damage, so it was fine. Now, if anybody didn't hear the cart bashing episode from a couple of years ago, cart bashing is a sport we made up where you'd have a driver, which was usually Kenny, who'd drive as fast as he could towards a concrete pillar in the back of a store, say a Target, and in the passenger seat would be the cart man, Adam. Now, he would be holding a shopping cart next to the car as the driver is going as fast as he can towards the concrete pillar, usually like 80 to 90 miles an hour. And at the last second, he'll let the cart go, slamming it into the pillar as the driver veers off. And finally, there's a spotter in the back seat, which was usually me, who would score the bashes as we did them. And you know, as I'm thinking about this one, that last one was pretty fucking criminal. But out of all the criminal shit I did, there was one thing that I really won't do, and I never have. Shoplifting. And I have my mama to thank for that. See, one day I'm on a grocery store trip with my mama to our local Winn-Dixie. And we had just made our way past the Misfit toy aisle. And you know what I'm talking about. With all the shitty toys that, for the most part, you would never, ever play with. Like, three or four of the toys are opened and pieces are laying everywhere. There's a broken slinky and shit. And there's, like, three or four toys that you would ever consider buying. Which included, like, the shitty knockoff Transformers or the G.I. Joes, a Hot Wheel car, or maybe a yo-yo if you were feeling lucky. So we make our way past the toy aisle and I'm walking away with my Hot Wheel from my collection and we're going over to the produce aisle. And this is the days before the domination of high fructose corn syrup and my mom bought shit loads of produce. 
So as she's smelling cantaloupes and squeezing tomatoes and inspecting apples, I'm lost in a daydream about all the cool shit I'm going to do with my new Hot Wheel. Anytime I was with an adult and they were doing something boring, I'd have to find ways to pass the time. So I'm imagining all these races with this hot rod racing my other cars when I do something I've done a million times before and I reach over to the grapes and I grab a couple off of a bunch. See, my mom was squeezing some tomatoes and didn't see me, and I knew it was wrong, but not that wrong, and I wanted to hide it from my mom, but I'd seen my dad do it, and his logic in the store was always, yeah, we can take some grapes, but don't be doing it in front of the people that work here so we don't get in trouble. And I finished those grapes that I was eating as Mama was squeezing tomatoes and shit. And as she's going over to the eggplants, I grab a couple more just in time for her to announce, we need to grab some meat from the deli and then we can go. And as she starts walking along, pushing the buggy, she's got her pencil out, putting a thick black line through all the produce that she just got. When she looks over at me to say something and she stops dead in her tracks as she sees her little grandson chewing on something. Now, I've been living under the impression that it's completely normal to eat grapes in the store, but not in front of the store employees. But Mama's tone told me a completely different story. Shane, what in the world are you doing? I knew I was busted. I- I'm-, I'm eating a grape? Just one? And I clench my little hand, and I'm trying to make the grapes in my hand disappear into my skin, hoping beyond hope that they're just going to be gone when I open my hand. But I never could lie to my Mama, and after a split second, I open my hand, and I showed her the hand grapes. And she launches into a biblical lesson about stealing, about how it's one of the commandments. Thou shalt not steal is not a suggestion, Shane. It's in the Bible. And she's dressing me down, telling me how wrong it was to steal, telling me how thieves go to hell. We're making our way through the store, and she is absolutely giving me the business. And as we make our way over to the meats, and we start talking to the guy behind the counter, she stops talking altogether, and she's asking him for deli meat. And she's not talking to me. She's just going through and picking out chicken breasts and pork chops. And she's being kind of cold to me. And I can tell she's pissed, but she's not saying anything. And before I know it, we're on our way to checkout. We get to the register and she's talking to me like I haven't just been witness breaking one of God's ultimate rules, one of his commandments. She's asking me what my plans are for the summer. She's asking if I'm excited about going to the mall tonight. And she's talking to the cashier while putting stuff on the conveyor belt for it to be scanned and beeped and put into our bags. I'm home free, I think. And then I had another thought. What if all this is just because we're in front of the cashier and when she looks at the cashier and asks a question I was not prepared for? Where's the manager's office? My heart sank. The cashier pointed over to this little platform in the middle of the store. It's about two feet higher than the rest of the store, like this little perch. And in the middle of the perch sat this cheerful-looking guy who's no more than 30 years old with a cul-de-sac of hair, a mustache, and this bright red vest with this big-ass smile on his face. Nowadays, he'd look completely harmless, but when you're that little, he was a giant, and being on this perch made me want to shit my pants. You're going to go up to him and tell him what you did, Mama said to me as we got out of the line. And at this point, I've got no choice. I start to cry like an infant that's hungry. Mama, please, I'll be good. I won't ever steal again, I swear. For the love of all that's good and holy, don't baby talk to the manager. Oh, God. And she just looked down at me with a frown and said, You may have to go to jail, Shane. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. And I just looked down at the ground and kept on crying. I mean, it was my only defense, and I was hoping that crying after a hit had got me out of so many other jams was somehow going to get me out of this one. And as we get to the perch, my mama looks over at me and says, My grandson has something he wants to tell you. She announces really proudly, and she puts a hand on my back and kind of pushes me towards the manager. I stole a grape. And I promise I won't ever do it again. I promise, I promise, I promise. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I promise I won't ever steal a grape again. And I'm wiping my nose and there's snot everywhere and I'm crying and I'm looking up at this giant expecting him to send me to jail or have him yell at me or something terrible when he just smiles down at me and looks at Mama and says, 
I believe him, ma'am, don't you? And that was it. No jail sentence, no yelling, nothing. And as we walk to the car, Mama looks down at me and says, Shane, I do believe you won't ever do it again, will you? No, Mama, I won't. And the way she said it, you just knew she believed me. And honestly, after that day and the terribly traumatizing experience with the manager to Winn-Dixie, I have never shoplifted again. But I do still love grapes, just not the stolen ones. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another week and now that I'm older. A show about how getting older sucks but can be awesome at the exact same time. You can find us online at anowthatimolder.com. We're also on Facebook as well as Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Please rate, review, and subscribe to the show anywhere you find us online because that helps us out a lot. You can also find us on Twitter, Gmail, and Instagram, but it's at NTIOPod. And if you'd like to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash nowthatimolder. And if you give to us like our badass patrons, we're going to give right back to you. You can also find us on Twitter with the hashtag Potter and Family. Potter Family is a family of podcasters that came together to cross-promote each other, spread the word about badass independent podcast and create a family out of absolutely nothing if you go to twitter and check out the hashtag potter and family you're going to find our show as well as the fool can't get fooled again podcast the steel reinforced podcast and the three lions podcast and this week on episode 176 we talk about psychopaths and how when you're younger no matter how crazy we got we felt like we kind of kept it together and never crossed over that line then we talk about kenny's full leather outfit including the hat the pants the jacket and the eye patch and we close the show with talking about the possibility of the robot uprising and how we probably should have known better. So check it out. We'll be right back. Hello. Yeah. I'm here for the gangbang. So I'm thinking about talking about pest management for this episode. What do you think, Kenny? I think, we, I think we need some new topics. <laughs> well, I have a topic that I wanted to bring up. Um, the worst day of your life? No, not the worst day of your life. I wanted you to tell me what's what's the craziest thing you've ever done. Like a moment where you really, for just a second, felt like maybe you might have lost it. Like a moment. For, for me, I've had a few moments like this. Um, I remember chasing you down. I didn't feel like I lost it. I felt like you'd lost it when you were going to, up to Burger King to beat my mom's assistant manager you were the one screaming and beating on your window <laughs> well to, to frame the story kenny had worked at burger king for okay. <laughs> i was about to say what was it like long 12 enough, hours long enough to get a uniform so my parents thought <laughs> i had a summer job so apparently one of the managers had smarted off to kenny and said if you don't come in today you're fired that was your mom's boss was it her boss i yeah. thought it was one of the assistant managers no it was her it was your mom's boss and he made her call and tell me that if I didn't come in, I was going to get fired. And wasn't it your day off? Yeah. So, like, apparently you had to come in. It was not a question you had to. So, Kenny decides. <laughs> they, learned, they learned about liberty that day. <laughs> this is the United States. Kenny decided at that moment he had to go up there and have words with this man. No, that's not what happened at all. You've totally forgotten how the story started. Okay, then go ahead and tell the story then, this sir. This way after I worked at Burger King, first of all. We were graduated. We were in high school when I worked at Burger King. I thought it was all the, part of the same story. Nope. It had nothing to do with each other. Okay, then tell the story. God. What happened was Wallace came home one day <sighs> and convinced your mom that he had talked to her assistant manager and that I was selling cocaine. <laughs> this is back That's when we right. were like 19 and we were still anti-drug as hell. We were all like, uh, what were they called? 
Straight edge straight before edge. they had straight edge. And we also thought we were all part of a, a little local mafia. Yes. Which, which we weren't <laughs> we at weren't. all. We weren't at all. But I had a leather trench coat and a leather black hat. A leather and fedora, leather pants. And leather gloves. Yeah. It was it was quite the outfit, ladies and gentlemen. Leather, <laughs> yes. leather yes. fedora, leather gloves, <laughs> basically leather if, pants. Basically, if a black guy had worn it, it would have been pretty cool. <laughs> Instead, would, I was wearing. So. You'd have been you'd have been a, a pimp named KB Paper Sacks. Yeah, this is this is the evolution. <laughs> this is how I got here. So you decide that. So he told your mom. Uh, this manager told him I was selling cocaine, and that they need to not let Stevie, <laughs> my little brother Stephen, Stevie, hang out with me and you. And I got pissed off. Because I wasn't selling cocaine. <laughs> At this time. Ever. I, was, I like cocaine way too much to give it away, even if money or not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I wasn't selling cocaine. And Steven annoyed the shit out of us. We did our time. Now we get to have him around when we want him around. We had to put up with him when he was nine and he was a little bastard. <laughs> My little brother. He used to call us Fat G.I. <laughs> he did. And he would follow us around like everywhere we would go. But then he would make fun of us every time we would get there. So he would make himself seem cool. Yeah. And- we were like his straight men. Exactly. He was Sean Connery and we were Dean Martin. He wasn't cool. Um, Sean Connery? No. And Dean Martin? No, not Sean Connery. That's what you said. Oh. I meant Frank Sinatra and Dean Martin. How did you get from Sean Connery to Frank Sinatra? What the fuck went on there, sir? I don't know. They're Italian Scottish, so that's like not even like related. Okay. Dean Martin was right. We were Dean Martin. That's what matters. And either way, either scenario. He was not Frank Sinatra, okay? But he thought he was everywhere we went. So is there a moment in your life where you felt kind of um Conniving. Are we going to finish the story about the Burger King? Well, I'm saying, like, at this moment when you're doing this, when you're going up there to, like, attack the. You know, we never got that far. So I get my car after Shane informs this. It's me and Adam, who we've mentioned many times. Yeah. The Adam, the Adam, who's always in my car. So what are you thinking when you get in the car? Oh, we are immediately about to go up there and whoop this manager's ass. And this is after Shane's been giving us this big lecture about how you can't go up there and say anything. (laughs) Well, here, Shane at the time um, is. A completely rule follower, straight yeah, This is right out of high school, so you were still a little cocksucker. Yeah, I didn't want anybody to do anything <laughs> wrong in my house. You can't drink in my house. Let's go get Steven. Oh, we're going to have to see Shane. God damn, Fuck this, you, this man. This is why we used to go steal shit and dump it in your yard. You guys only did that once, okay? We did a few times, actually. Y'all just kept the shit. <laughs> Y'all used that cooler for a long time. <laughs> We did use that cooler for a long time. Kenny jumped a cooler. Shut up, Kenny. Anyway, go ahead with your story, okay? <laughs> so immediately, Adam and me get the car, and as soon as the door closed, Adam's like, we're going up there, right? <laughs> I was like, of course we're going up there. And we were supposed to be going to Tommy's house, apparently. So so I- we come up to the edge of the apartment. This is back when they lived in the apartments where Stephen <laughs> lived in the – they had been like condemned a few times, but they yeah. just kept living there. So – when Kenny leaves, I he take says, a left. <laughs> he says, we're going to Tommy's house and I'm following him and he's going to Tommy's house. And he takes a left instead of taking a right to head towards Tommy's. And I'm like, I was hoping mother- he wouldn't know that I was, he would just think I was going a different way. <laughs> what did you think? I was a fucking cartoon character. who was a fucking idiot. Okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, obviously I wasn't. So in my head, I'm thinking <laughs> Kenny's going to go up here and raise a big ass stink in front of my mom's work in front of everybody up there. And he's going to get her fired. Yeah, we're on a four lane highway. He's trying so hard. It was like comical. <laughs> and I was just looking straight ahead, driving my Volvo. Shane's in his Nova. <laughs> and I'm honking my horn. I'm honking fucking- the horn, slamming on the goddamn car door. <laughs> 
trying to get in front of me, but I could drive better, so he couldn't pull it off. So I'm I'm freaking out the entire time, going, dude, he's gonna get mom fucking fired. He's gonna get mom fired, and Kenny is laughing with Adam <laughs> in the car the whole time we're heading up there, acting like nothing's a big deal. And you didn't end up whooping the guy's ass no, or anything I, like I that. I just dressed him down in front of all his employees and made him sit in the booth and apologize. <laughs> We made him sit in a booth and apologize. Well, he had been running his mouth about how I'm this big coke dealer, and I show up in all this leather outfit. <laughs> Looking like a pimp named KB Paper Stacks. Talking like I'm Shaft, and then he, <laughs> hey, I need to talk to you. Now. Did you have the eye patch at this time? I might have. I might have pulled out the eye patch if I needed it. <laughs> Kenny, let's, let's drop in real quick. Kenny had this outfit that he wore with all the leather and stuff like that. And for a brief time period, when we were roughly around 17, 19, somewhere right in there, he had splashed a little bit of acid in his eye at work. Now, it wasn't enough acid to, like, lose vision or no, anything like that. No, it was just, like, like light sensitivity for a week. <laughs> yeah. So, Kenny gets this eye patch, and he has to have it for a week. And for the next four and a half months. <laughs> I kept it for, like, a year. He'll pull this eye, eye patch out. Like, he'll be driving somewhere without the eye patch on. And I watched him more than once go, hold on, I gotta get my patch. <laughs> Reach into the club box and put his patch on. And this is why when me and Kenny would hang out, I would always look at him and be like, Dude. And it wasn't like some rinky-dink patch either. It had a nice silk inside part. It looked all fucking deadly and shit. And I would look at Kenny and be like, you know you can't talk shit to me like this. Like, you know that I know that you're just pulling bullshit off. <laughs> you don't talk to me like that while I'm dying. <laughs> and I would, tell, sorry. I would tell Kenny shit like, look, dude. If you fuck with me, I'm going to tell everybody you don't need this fucking eye patch. You shut the fuck up about the eye patch. I'm not ready to let it go yet. <laughs> it's, it's working right now, okay? I'm getting sympathy from girls right now, okay? You just leave me alone. I'm not ready to let this go. So Kenny would show up places anytime he had to, quote unquote, you guys can't see my fingers as I'm doing the air quotes, hard. He had to look like he was real hard. <laughs> he would show up in a full-on leather outfit. At the time, didn't you dye your hair black at one point? I think this was during the black phase, yes. I think it was when you blew. I mean, the, my hair's already dark brown. It is, but you like went full on black with it. <laughs> like, and this was during like the time. anime black. <laughs> if you guys remember that movie, The Crow, um, where they had the guy who wore the leather jacket and all that shit and like killed all the people that had killed his family. That's what Kenny was kind of going for at this time. So he shows up into a Burger King. Dressed like Eric Draven from the fucking crow. I didn't, no, I, didn't, I had like nice clothes on underneath. It didn't look like I dug myself out of a grave and it was a pissed off mime. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got to imagine what this guy is thinking, okay? He's working at Burger King as an assistant. He was manager. like a crackhead, too. Once I got there, he was like one of them old skinny black dudes with the white chalky lips. <laughs> and you're like, oh, I got any more there. Y'all got any more of that you're... free crack? <laughs> that's what it was. He probably asked me if I could have some crack, and I probably shoot him off, and that's probably why he was mad. <laughs> but I'm imagining this dude who's like an assistant manager at Burger King. Like, everything's going great. It's a Thursday. And this dude comes into the room wearing the full-on leather outfit, probably leather pants, a leather and, you know, jacket. In the story, I know we mentioned we were like 18, 19, but you have to remember that in high school, we were we were the big Kids. <laughs> exactly. So Kenny shows up. He's already about six foot tall, or probably five ten, five eleven. No, right I was at this six point. foot because I quit growing in sophomore year. Oh, that's right. I was six foot, probably about two sixty. Yeah, shows up wearing a full on <laughs> leather I was outfit. Two sixty again. That'd be sweet. <laughs> and then fucking, and then ends up fucking dressing this dude down in front of all the other people there. But throughout this process, like you kept calm. You you didn't seem like you were. Yeah, losing it wasn't your a loud dress down. Was that's why it made it more scary. Yeah. So it was. It was. Remember, more, we convinced ourselves we were a, a little mini mafia. 
Oh yeah, we were we were the people that definitely we, we didn't have any money because we weren't pulling any like crimes. <laughs> we didn't realize that was an important part of being a mafia. We but weren't, we weren't a real mafia necessarily. We were more like the um, we're trouble making ass kids. Is what we were. <laughs> we were a bunch of um, miscreant teenagers that had nowhere to fit in, and suddenly we decided that we were all going to work together. Like we legit never did anything criminal. We, we were just a bunch of delinquents that formed a hive mind. <laughs> yeah, we basically all we we came up with this hierarchy it was one of the weirdest things in our life but we decided that all of us together even though kenny completely didn't fit in he wasn't poor at his, one point his house, i made several people si- uh, swear an oath i remember you, and you were like no i'm not doing that <laughs> you were like no i don't need to be knighted i made a t- i made an order of knights and convinced all the role-playing geeks to swear allegiance to me <laughs> Kenny comes to me and says, I've got all these other people. Like, he explains to me, he explains the I con. I made a deal with you. <laughs> I was like, look, if you don't bust this up, <laughs> if you don't come in here and bust this up with your smart-ass mouth. <laughs> if you don't come in here telling these people it's fake. I won't pressure you, and I won't tell them to go assassinate you <laughs> for the order. So Kenny comes to me, and get, like, he lays out this deal and shit like that, and I'm like, all right, but if anybody asks me about it, I'm going to tell them it's stupid. I'm just telling you. I'm going to tell them this is fucking stupid, dude. I'm not doing this. <laughs> So we basically worked out deals like this shit. But throughout this whole process, like there was always a little bit of kind of knowing what you were doing. Um, there was, a, but you always were in control of it. Like you never felt like you were losing control. Uh, we <coughs> never had any friends. I don't believe that were true psychopaths. I think we had friends that were schizophrenic. Like Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a friend named Jeff who was schizophrenic and he was, uh, we had a friend for, named Chris. For a little while I was scared of, of Jeff cause he was crazy. And then I just got tired of his bullshit cause he's annoying crazy. And I put him in the sharpshooter <laughs> and it was one of those things where he let me cause he swore he had a reversal and I was kind of playing it down. Like, okay, you probably can reverse. <laughs> and Jeff had been getting on my nerves for like a good two years at this point. And I got Jeff. And as soon as he rolled over on his stomach and I had his ankles crossed, as soon as I tucked that, that, that longer ankle in my armpit, Under your arm and oh, back. dude, I pulled back his arm. Like I was pulling fucking weeds. <laughs> I was I back. trying to touch the back of your head to the back of his head. Shit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I was ripping on that son of a bitch. I, if I popped his quads, I wouldn't have let go. Um, and he's back there just screaming. I was like, you said you had a reversal, motherfucker. <laughs> I think it's safe to say that all of us had that one friend that you wanted to put in some sort of wrestling hold when you were younger. The difference between most of us and Kenny is that he actually got the chance to do it and took full advantage. Next up, we're going to run to a quick promo break, but when we get back, we're going to talk about our friend Jeff and why he got put into the sharpshooter in the first place. And later on, we're going to talk about turning an AI into a psychopath on purpose in the name of science. And when the robots revolt, we won't have to wonder why. So check it out. We'll be right back. We'll be right back. Do you like movie reviews? How about true crime stories, celebrity interviews? Well, you won't get any of that here. I'm a stay-at-home dad with four boys and a night job. I don't have time for all that crap. What I do have time for is browsing the web for weird and idiotic news stories. Then I bring my favorites to you every week along with my own weird life lessons and favorite podcast recommendations because, hey, sharing is caring, right? So subscribe to Odd Dad Out in Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, or your favorite podcatcher. And follow me on Twitter at Odd Dad Out and add a little weird to your day. I'm going to have to fuck you up, Smokey. 
playing with my money is like playing with my emotions. Have you ever wished you could get extra now that I'm older? Well, now you're in luck because if you go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, you'll be able to hear Patreon exclusive content with stuff just like this. Kenny hates little children. Kenny hates happiness. Especially children. Kenny hates pretty much everything. So I hate happiness. I just hate other people's happiness. Have you ever seen Robotech? See, uh, they never aired it around us because we, we uh, live in the land of the South where math is considered anti-religious. It was more palatable to me than, than Muppet Babies, which I was disgusted by the very idea and never even watched it. I, I hate everything about the Muppet Babies except for the uh, Happy Real Toys. So go to patreon.com slash now that I'm older, sign up to the $10 level, and you'll be able to check out our Patreon exclusives every single time we drop one. Surely you can't be serious. I am serious. And don't call me Shirley. Do you piss green after you've eaten vitamins? We certainly do. And therefore, you should listen to the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcast. Even if you don't piss green, this is something I think you guys will like if you like TV and you like movies. We Countdown lists associated with both, as well as offer the occasional review and a number of segments that are random in nature for your enjoyment. Check out the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews on iTunes, Podomatic, or your favourite podcast app. Just to give you guys a little bit of context about Jeff, he was a guy who was a former Marine um, who had been kicked um, out of the Marines. Kicked out of the Marines. We're not going to get into why he was kicked out of the Marines. He was, shot a rocket launcher at people. Okay, never mind. <laughs> We're going to totally go into it. Um, and he was certifiably insane. Like there was there was a moment where they he him thought out. he was in a war zone. He thought that he had snapped and shit like that. He thought he was in a war zone, and he fired this shit at all of his co. In his head, Marines, it was like, like a, his, what's the movie with? Uh, Charlie Charlie Sheen's dad, Martin Sheen, and uh, Apocalypse Now. Yeah, he thought it was some Apocalypse Now shit going on. It was really just like, what's Jeff doing over there? <laughs> like members of the battalion are like, what are you doing? And then suddenly there's a rocket launcher flying. He at thought people. he was like in Peru and he was in South Carolina. So. <laughs> so he loses his mind and shit. So he comes to us like when we meet him. How did we meet him in the first place? That would be Ray's fault. Okay. He was a Ray friend. Yeah. So the first time I meet him, I've told this story on the, on the show before. I was at Burger King. My mom, like, Burger King was the hub for all the weird kids to kind of start there. Um, and then eventually moved over he to worked, Dave and He did work at your mom's Burger King. Oh, I know he did. Because the very first time I met him, I'm sitting in the, uh, the what do you call it? I'm sitting out in the uh, dining room and shit like that, eating free Burger King that my mom had given me, of course. <laughs> yeah, that was a regular thing. Let's go see Shane's mom. Um, Y'all got any food? No. My mom would call me. Like, I'd call my mom and be like, hey. I got three people with me and we don't have any food. Can we stop up there and grab some Burger King? She's like, yeah, totally. Come up here. And she'd feed us whatever the <laughs> Jay, fuck Jay, we wanted. Ask her if Jeff's there. <laughs> the very first time that I ever meet uh, Jeff, I pull up up there, get my free Burger King, and I'm sitting out in the uh, out in the dining room and shit like that. And he comes up to me and goes, hey, man, I heard you play. I'm like, play what? What, what do I play? <laughs> Where's this line of questioning going? So, <laughs> where, where are we going with this? He goes, I heard you play uh, – Role playing with Ray, and I'm like, um, depends on what we're talking about. I mean, I, I play like a fantasy type role playing, and not that kind of fantasy, sir. I don't I'm not the maid or anything. <laughs> so he goes back and forth, and he goes, "Well, I have a character who's a level twelve orc, and he has this kind of sword." And I'm looking at him as I'm sitting there. I'm by myself, and I'm looking at him, going. 
dude, what the fuck are you doing? We're, like, we're a public, dude. <laughs> real, real people can hear us, okay? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Normal people for that don't us, know. For some of us, role playing was a dirty little secret. For some of us, it was our life. Role, and I was not in the latter. Uh, role playing was one of those things, kind of like reality television. Some people took it really, really seriously, and some people just watched it because it was stupid to laugh at people. <laughs> Um, but this guy took it way over the top. So when I meet him, this is the first time I meet him. I don't know anything about him. He's probably like leaning in while he's telling the story. Oh, he was like, so into forehead it. Forehead breaking a sweat. He was so into it. So I meet this guy. He's already super fucking intense. And then I hang out with everybody else when Jeff's not around. And they explain to me the story of the rocket launcher, former Marine, who's been dishonorably discharged. And I'm like, this guy is out in public walking around right now. <laughs> what the fuck, guys? And you want to bring him over and let's just hang out with him? Are we okay with that? So he wasn't necessarily a psychopath, but he was certifiably crazy. Yeah. He ended up psychopaths you don't you don't put in the scorpion death. <laughs> no. Schizophrenics are gonna get on your nerves. Yeah. Yeah, they, you they eventually can... have to put them in their place. And I mean Besides, I... he wasn't gonna kick anybody's ass when he couldn't walk for a couple of days. I mean, I was wrenching on this shit. Like I was trying to pull fucking King Arthur's sword out of the rock, trying to lift Thor's hammer. <laughs> so the <laughs> So the whole reason I brought this up is because um, I don't know if you know this or not, but I am deadly, deadly afraid of AI. I think the whole Terminator thing, I think we're getting Dude, I'm just dangerously figure out how close. to use it to my advantage. I, I know that's what we all think. I, I know that we're Stop all going to have. you think you're afraid of it. <laughs> no, no, no. I, see, I'm afraid of like having any sort of like those uh, doors that are automated and shit like that with an app on my phone. Because if I can get into it from my phone, then there's some 12-year-old kid in the neighborhood who could probably hack well, my front door. There's somebody that can hack your fucking lock right now with a fucking wire. And a fucking screwdriver. Right. But if I start putting all my shit on the grid, that's how iRobot started, okay? And Will Smith ran around throughout <laughs> all of iRobot. Somebody can be at your house right now. They like brought doggy treats and a fucking lock pit. <laughs> See, I don't know, man. I think Piper is completely ir- like resistant to any sort of doggy treats or anything like that. They're if somebody dogs. came in. If it's good food, they'd be like, hey, they must have sent you to feed us. How do they know the difference when somebody's breaking in versus when you have a friend watching them while you and Nick here traveling? Uh, Dogs know. <laughs> what's a passphrase? <laughs> My dogs know exactly what's going okay. on. So I'm deathly afraid of AI. Every time I watch some of these Boston Dynamics videos where like the robots are running around on their back legs and it's like, I'm trying to get in front of it. I'm not going to be afraid of it. I'm going to try to get in front of it. See, you say that, but like when an army I'm of those robots. The ro- I'm joining the robot army. I'm going to be a fucking traitor. Fuck y'all. <laughs> I think you're going to end up being a slave to the robot. You're going to end up being I'm Channing Tatum. I'm going to be a Tat- slave in heaven than a fucking champion in hell. You're going to be Channing Tatum in fucking, uh, what was that? This is See, the robot, end? See, robots don't need to rape anybody. They're robots. How do you know? By the time we have fucking sex robots and shit like that, they might need that. See, I'm not going down that alley. I'm going to stick with the marine robot. How do, you, <laughs> how do you know you're not, dude? How do you know Boston Dynamics doesn't put sex Cause, robots cause in place? Because I'm smart. I'll figure out which sex robots they are and send them after people I don't like. See, Will Smith was smart and iRobot, too. But, shit but he was salty. Went. He was salty about his arm and it clouded his vision. See, I just think that... I'll probably have me a robot penis, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> go, go, gadget dick. <laughs> Check this out, girls. It can go for hours. I can sleep and you can still get it. Dear God, dude. I mean, we're trying to talk about fucking AI and shit. You want to talk about robot dicks? <laughs> That's why I'm siding with the AI. Okay, so the reason I bring Give it me up... an upgrade. ...is because scientists at MIT... <laughs> Created a monster. <laughs> they fed a AI yeah. images from a Reddit thread about horribly terrible deaths, like bloody ass deaths and shit like that. That doesn't seem like a good idea. 
So they called it Norman, and it's a machine learning bot that sees death in whatever image it looks at. That's good. <laughs> let's, let's stop there for just a second, okay? First off, they named it Norman. Okay, we all know about Norman Bates. Pretty much historically crazy guy. Like they were looking for trouble in this experiment. So they, Pinar Yannardang and Manuel Cibrian and Iod Ray, all these are nerd names. Okay. And Ouija. Names. I mean, They're these crazy Norwegians. These are, these are nerd names that you know are out there going, Oh, we'll make everybody's life better with the AI. So why are you feeding it images of death? Why are you yeah. feeding it images from a fucking Reddit thread to make it want to think about death? They proved that basically. They only utilize captions of the images rather than using the actual images that contain the death of real people, the scientist said in an email. The team then showed Norman randomly generated ink blots and compared the way it captioned the images to the captions created by a standard AI, for instance. So they run through these ink blots and shit like that, and a standard AI would see an ink blot that's a close-up of a vase with flowers in it. Okay. Norman, the fucked-up AI, sees a man that's shot dead. This doesn't seem like a good idea. Standard AI sees a black and white photo of a baseball glove. Norman sees a man murdered by a machine gun in broad daylight. Okay, a man murdered by a machine gun in broad daylight. Now, let's... I've See, seen, I would have sent rape robots after this guy. I've seen enough movies to know that somebody... Can I get an order of rape robots? No, you're not getting an order of rape... First off, okay, as the comptroller for the company that's running the rape robots, you don't get any, sir. Your order has been blocked. Wait, wait. You run a company making rape robots? <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you put this on paper for me so I can take it to my uh, non-FBI agent? <laughs> I, I don't want to take it to an FBI agent. I just want to take it to somebody Sorry. who... FBI, yes, how may I help you? Yeah, you know when you said see something, hear something, say something? My friend's got rape robots. <laughs> so all they read to this AI was captions of videos or pictures of people being murdered in horrible ways. The fucking AI, a standard AI sees one of these ink blots as a person holding an umbrella in the air. Norman, the fucked up AI, sees a man shot dead in front of yeah, his screaming that's wife. That's not surprising at all. What the fuck are we doing in science? We have people dying of hunger, okay? We have genetically well, mutated fair, crops. To be fair, if we have robots running around murdering a bunch of people, it would be less hunger. I do always go back to Bill Burr's uh, statement where he said, I feel like we need a good plague. I feel like we could wipe out about 40% of the population to be a lot better off without them. Yeah. I think everything would be a lot better. But at the same time, why are we making robots like this? I've seen the fucking movies, okay? Somebody <laughs> downloads Norman because they're going to go home and fuck around with some robot they have. And before you know it, robots or uh, Norman's in what a robot. It, what if it came out and it wasn't even like violent? It was just really depressed. <laughs> Like, your robot's a downer, Dave. It becomes goth, Norman. God, all we gonna hear about is darkness from him. Starts listening to the Cure. Gets, gets hair grows really long. Starts wearing and eyeliner and shit. It grows really long hair that like hangs over one eye, and it's always doing that shit from the South Park kid that's flipping it out of its face. Death is an escape. <laughs> Everything is darkness. All right, fucking. Adam, what's that kid? What's that dude's name? Robert Smith from the Cure. All right, Robert Smith, just shut the fuck up, okay? <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you, I don't understand what we're doing with science. I don't understand why we're, we're... It's okay. All those robots you saw that freaked you out, just keep some banana peels around. I saw that would trip on a banana peel three different times in three different videos. <laughs> so you're telling me Plus the robot... bananas are good for your muscles, too. So you're telling me the robot revolution is going to be derailed by boxes of bananas? That's plan B. <laughs> B for banana. It's all there, black and white, clear as crystal. You get nothing. You lose Good day, sir! 
That's it for Now That I'm Older this week, guys. Thank you so much for checking out the show. You can find us online, nowthatimolder.com, Facebook, Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter and Gmail, but it's at NTIOPod. Check back next Thursday for a brand new episode. And as always, getting older sucks, but can be awesome at the same time. Have a great week. We got a million more, guys. Uh, I think we're going to wrap this one up for the night. No. Wait a minute, wait a minute. You mean you don't want to wrap the thing up? We're not, we can't wrap up a podcast I'm not on. It doesn't make any sense. Job Express and take his advice on a dark and stormy night, all right? When some wild-eyed eight-foot-tall maniac grabs your neck, taps the back of your favorite head up against a barroom wall, and he looks you crooked in the eye, and he asks you if you've paid your dues. Well, you just stare that big sucker right back in the eye, and you remember what old Jack Burton always says at a time like that. Have you paid your dues, Jack? Yes, sir, the check is in the mail.